You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. to the book of Romans this morning, chapter 1, and I want to look at one verse in chapter 1, verse 17. The author of Romans is uh, the Apostle Paul. Notice he said in Romans 1 and 17, in part, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Again, Paul states, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. My subject this morning is in the form of a question, very simple question, that being just or not. Again, the subject is in the form of a question, just or not. When it comes to being just, I want to give you two definitions. The first is a theological definition. To be just simply means to be holy. When you are holy, it says about you that you are devoted to the service of God. You are also devoted to living a life above reproach. And what that basically means is that you strive every single day to think, talk, and do according to God's written and revealed word. To be just also says about you that from a biblical standpoint, you are righteous. And the root meaning of righteous is right and wise. Again, the root meaning of righteous is right and wise. When a person is right, it simply means that he or she has made a commitment to go straight. A commitment to be honest. A commitment to do things orderly, specifically according to God's order. The Apostle Paul revealed in 1 Corinthians 14 that God does things decently and in order. To be wise is a combination of words. A wise person possesses knowledge and understanding. Now, when it comes to being just, a just person is not flawless. A just person makes mistakes. Matter of fact, I want to 
read to you what Solomon said in the book of Ecclesiastes, the seventh chapter. Go there with me, the book of Ecclesiastes, the seventh chapter, and consider what Solomon said in verse 20. Ecclesiastes 7 and 20. For there is not a just man on earth who does good and does not sin. There is not a just man on earth who does good and does not sin. A just person is not flawless. A just person sins. But a just person does not practice sin. When a person practices sin, a person is a sinner. And according to Romans 6 and 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. James took it a little further in James 4 and 17 when he decreed, when a person knows to do right but does not do it, to him or her it is sin. Just people don't practice sin. Even, they, even though they may occasionally sin willfully, willingly, they do not practice sin. They do not get up every morning with the intention of sinning. But sinners do. And so it's important to understand that there is a distinction between a just person and a sinner. And again, that being a just person does not practice sin, but a sinner does get up daily with the intent to do something that is in contrast to the will of God. Now, when we consider Romans 1 and 17, it's important to understand when it comes to being just that God makes it his business to reveal righteousness to just people. He makes it his business to reveal righteousness to just people. And when you consider God revealing righteousness, it suggests two things. Number one, God makes it his business to reveal his will. He wants his children to know his will. He wants his children to know how they should think, talk, and act on a daily basis. Jesus said that a little better in Matthew 4 and 4 when he told the devil, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God reveals his will. And he reveals his will by telling us the truth. And according to John 8, 31 and 32, in part, truth has creative power. It makes us free. 
to be free when it comes to the truth says that God makes it his business to give us that which delivers us, protects us, and causes us to prosper. He makes it his business to help his children live a productive life despite trials, tribulations, and such. Secondly, when it comes to God revealing righteousness, it says that he is going to make known his secrets. There are mysteries when it comes to God. There are things that God makes known to his people in seasons. And when God reveals his secrets in seasons, he does so through his prophets. I want to show you that in the book of Amos, the third chapter. Go there with me. Amos, the third chapter. And if you're not familiar with the book of Amos, just simply go to the table of contents because I want you to see uh, Amos 3 and 7. Amos is right after Joel. Amos 3 and 7 simply states, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless... He reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. Again, surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. When it comes to a church, to an ecclesial family, to the house of God, to the saints of God that congregate or come together, the pastor is the prophet. So God will make sure he reveals his mysteries or his secrets to the pastor of a church. A God-ordained pastor, a bona fide pastor, a pastor that has been set in that particular appointment by God. He's going to reveal his mysteries. Now, 2 Chronicles 20 and 20 says this in the last sentence. It says, believe the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. God reveals his secrets in order for his prophets to proclaim it in the ears of the righteous, in the ears of the just. And when just people believe what the prophets proclaim, they prosper. They prosper despite trials. They prosper despite tribulations. They prosper despite present happenings. Simply because God is the sovereign. Simply because God is an omniscient God. Everything that God says, he performs it, whether he says it directly or indirectly. Isaiah revealed in Isaiah 55 that once God sends forth his word, it will not return unto him void or empty. 
but it will accomplish everything that he sent it to do. Then Paul revealed in 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, all of the promises of God in him are yes and amen. And Paul went on to say that God reveals his promises through them. Paul being at the time an apostle as well as a prophet. So when it comes to the just receiving the righteousness of God, it is revealed. You can't get it from the television. You can't get it from the internet. It has to be revealed. You can't Google it. But it's sad because often you have people including the just that would rather hear news from false prophets than bona fide prophets. You have people that are just that would rather hear news from professionals rather than God's prophets. Do we need professionals? Do we, do we need to hear what's going on in our world? Yes. But we have to remember what Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 35. Heaven and earth shall pass, but not my word. God has the final say. God has the final say. So, so no matter what's happening, we have to remember that when all is said and done, God's word has the final say. I must Quote Matthew 24 and 35 again. Heaven and earth shall pass, but not God's word. His word is going to stand. Now back in Romans 1 and 17, it goes on to say the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So when God reveals his righteousness, it's going to be revealed by faith. And so therefore it is imperative for the people of God to understand what faith is. I want to give you four biblical definitions of faith. First definition comes from Hebrews the 11th chapter and the first verse. Well, the Hebrew writer decreed, now faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. Again, now faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. When it comes to faith, we have to have hope or expectation, especially when it comes to the things of God. We have to expect God to do what he promised. Expect what God said he would do according to his written word. Expect God to do what he said when it comes to his revealed word. Now in the book of Romans 8, 24 and 25, it says in part, hope that is seen is not hope. For why should a person hope for what he already sees? So if we have true 
faith. We, we expect God to do certain things that we can't see. We can't see them, but we yet expect God to do it. Which brings me to my second definition of faith, which is 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, which decrees, for we of the just walk by faith and not by sight. Walk in the verse connotes live. We live by faith, not by sight. And sight is a beautiful thing, but we can never allow sight, literally a sight figuratively, which means experience, dictate to us how we should think, talk, or act. Because as just people, we can't depend on our sight 100%. Why is that? 2 Corinthians 4 and 18 says, the things that we see are temporary. We will have experiences, some good, some bad. Some we like, some we don't like. But we can never allow our experiences to say to us how things are going to turn out. For the things that we see, the things that we experience, they are temporary. I've had a lot of things that were wonderful happen to me in my past that I witnessed with my eyes, that I experienced. But those things are gone. They're gone. Why are they gone? Because they're temporary. They will not last. We can never allow what we go through, whether it's something wonderful or something tragic, dictate to us that we need to remain in that place. No, as just people, we have to live by faith. Simply put, whatever God puts on the table for us to live by, in reference to his written and revealed word, that's what we do. We think it, we talk it, and we do it in order to be in line with our sovereign. The third definition faith is found in Romans the 10th chapter and the 17th verse which says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God but then if you go to Romans 10 and 14 and 15 it says in Paul how shall they hear without a preacher so faith is that which God gives to his preacher, a sent preacher, a preacher that has been anointed and appointed by him to deliver the gospel, to deliver the good news of Jesus Christ. And so we have to listen to what the preacher is saying. We have to not only listen, but we have to adhere or put into action what the preacher is proclaiming. For James revealed Faith without works is dead. Went on to say, don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer also. And he even gave us the reason why. Because if we are a hearer and a doer, we'll be blessed in our deed or in our life. And it's evident when you look at scripture of people that live by God's word and God blessed them bountifully. Simply because what they heard, they put into action. 
a long list of people that live by faith. We have Job, we have Daniel, we have David, we have Paul, we have Peter, we have John, and we have so many others that live by faith. Heard it and live by it. And so as people of God, we have to make it our business to listen to God's word, to put God's word over what is being said on the television, put God's word over what is being said on the internet. Because what God says will last, what man says will fall to the ground. Even in our present situation, there, there have been so many things said, but, but then certain things that, that are said that seem to be so urgent, the same people will come back and will say something different. Simply because they're basing many of their words upon what they see, what they feel, or certain experiences. God does not do that. God is sovereign. God understands tomorrow just like he understands today. God knows all things. That's the reason we deem him the omniscient one. He knows all in reference to the past, all in reference to the present, and all in reference to the future, the near and the distant future. He is the omniscient one. And when he puts forth his word, it will come to fruition. And I love it because even when God speaks something that seems as if it's not going to manifest, give it time. Because you know the best timing is God's timing. And you'll see God do exactly what he said. Why is that? Because God, according to the book of Hebrews, cannot lie. Once he sends forth his word, once he decrees a thing, it's going to come to fruition. My fourth and final definition of faith is found in the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter and the 6th verse. Where the Hebrew writer decreed. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Just people, we have to live by faith. When God sees you thinking right, talking right, and doing right, it pleases him. It makes him happy. Again, Hebrews 11 and 6, without faith it is impossible to please him. When he, when he sees that, that you're struggling financially, you're struggling physically, but you're trusting him for your deliverance, you're pleasing God. When he sees that you're standing on what he told you he was going to do despite trials and tribulations, you're pleasing him. 
without faith, it is impossible to please God. Just people go through struggles, experience the same turmoil that sinners experience, but they handle it differently. Instead of living by sight, they live by faith. And when they live by faith, instead of sight, it pleases God. And again, when you please God, he rewards you. He gives you out of his good treasure. He causes to happen in your life what you can't do for yourself. Nor can anybody else do it. I love how Solomon put it in Proverbs 10 and 22. He said, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. God will cause a blessing, a, a benefit to come forth in your life that will cause you to be productive despite your enemies, your troubles, your situations, or your circumstances. But as a just person, you have to understand that. You have to trust that. You have to believe that if God said it, he'll do it, he'll bring it to pass. Now going back to Romans 1 and 17, again the verse states, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. The just shall live by faith. So we conclude with the subject of the question are you just or not? If you're not just, you don't have to live by the written and revealed word of God. But don't say you're Christian. Don't say that you trust God and you're not living according to the written and revealed word. Are you just or not? Don't say you trust God and you're allowing fear to tell you how to think, what to say, and what to do. No, just or not. No matter what comes your way, you have to remain just. You have to stand on God's word. You cannot allow a thing nor a person to cause you to do in contrast to what God is revealing in this present time. Search your heart. Search the scripture. And just ask yourself, when it comes to my thoughts, when it comes to my words, when it comes to my deeds, am I just or not? Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word.
Thank you for Romans 1 and 17. Lord, we appreciate your righteousness. It's because of your righteousness we are able to stay focused despite Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.